Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Today is the first official day of July 2014, and I hope everyone is having a blissful day out there. Of course, Atlanta, Georgia did get hit with a, a little storm, but it wasn't as drastic as I um, read about in Illinois. The National Weather Service plans to send storm damage survey teams into parts of northern Illinois after strong storms and heavy rains. They also say the teams will deploy Tuesday. They'll focus on Earlville and LaSalle County, Grant Park and Conkaukee County, Morris and Grundy County, and Plainfield and Will County. Uh, Flood warnings have been issued for the Chicago area and areas across northern and central Illinois. There were localized road closures in the Chicago area. Um, Some people are experiencing right now hundreds of flights were canceled or delayed throughout the day at Chicago's O'Hare and Midway Airport. Some have lights and power out at the moment. So right now uh, people who haven't went through this should be very thankful because this is this is something that you really cannot imagine, just going outside, seeing your car crushed. Um, I think they're calling it derecho, too. This storm is called derecho, and it hit Chicago and Milwaukee. They found two dead, several more injured in the Midwest and the Plains. Um, with further updates, I'll be back with you on that. Today, my guest who I have on, which is I'm welcoming to have on, his name is Peter G. He is a comic book writer and a small press creator. He is also the author of two short story collections, and it's about Hannah Singer, Celestial Advocate, which can be ordered on Amazon. And you really have to put in the actual name because when I did put it in, I got Hannah Montana, and that will take you through the ropes. You'll be looking for days. But also, today is his birthday, and I am so excited for him because, you know, you suddenly get a guest on who has a birthday. So in honor of him, I'm going to be right back after this song and commercial break. So stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. You're tuning in to the Bright Side with Technisha on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Birthday. It's your birthday. If I die, carry me inside uh, the they ask me what I do and who I do it for yeah. And how I come up with this shit up in the studio yeah. All I want for my birthday is a big booty go no. All I want for my birthday
when I die, bury me, nigga, too. They ask me what I do and who I do it for. And how I come up with this shit up in the studio. All I want for my birthday is a big booty go. All I want for my birthday is a big booty go. When I die, bury me inside the country. It's my birthday, I deserve to be greedy, huh? She holding out, she ain't giving to the needy, huh? You go downstairs and fall asleep with the TV on. Y'all been together 10 years, you deserve a menage. Especially if you put that BMW in a garage. Especially if you paid a couple payments on her mama crib. Went to her niece's graduation, man, I hate those kids. Last birthday, she got you a new sweater. Put it on, give her a kiss and tell her do better. She said, how about I get you jewelry from the West End? How about she hit the West End and get a best friend? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm just serious. I asked her, don't be acting like no actress. If we preach it, then we practice. Don't be reaching, don't be touching We in Kanye West Benz. Cause I will turn you back to a pedestrian. Yeah. They ask me what I do and who I do it wow. Yeah. And how I come up with this up in the studio. All I want for my birthday is a big booty go. All I want for my birthday is a big booty go. When I die, bury me inside the It's your birthday, it's your birthday, bad, bad contest, you in first place, you in first place, you in first place, bad, bad contest, you in first place, I show up with a check to your workplace, then in the bad lady keys to the Mercedes, tell the DJ play your song, Again. Well, I'm about an hour south of Chicago. 
Okay, and Peter G. Uh, said that a storm. Okay, and he said a storm came through to where he was at, but by the grace of God, he he made it through. Some people lights and power are out, and it's just it just hits you. You think that something like this really will never hit home, but you never know what what will be tested for you. So I'm just glad that you all right, um, Peter G. And that you were able to come on the air today. I know that this. Especially when devastating things like this happen, I, I'm thankful for that. Um, oh, as yeah, I said it's before, a, right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Peter. it's you do realize it does kind of draw how lucky you can be because people that okay, when uh, the hurricane in uh, New York and people were saying, well, for living so close to the coast, like, oh, don't. You know, have a heart. You know, there, there's people here. The last thing they want to hear is that you deserve to have a terrible tragedy hit. You know, it literally right. sometimes it is just pure luck, and it really drives it home how how fortunate you are. Right. I tell you, we got a power. We do. We got a power for God. God will look after you no matter what circumstances you are in. So, I hope. I pray that. Whoever out there today, right now, please, I hope that you can make it through today. Oh, Lord, I tell you. Oh, and, and, and it does. It touch home. Regardless if it's not happening to you, it still touch home because it could have. We just got rain, and here somebody over across way is going through the ordeal. But um, we're going to get into this about Peter G.'s book, um, Hannah singer, Celestia Abacant. Um, but before we do, I would love to know where did Renaissance Man come from? Because that's, that's what you consider yourself as, Peter. Well, it's, I couldn't think of any other way to describe myself. Most people, they tend to find one thing that they really enjoy, and they focus on that, and they make that work. Uh, you'll see, like a lot of people, like when they have like their their uh, their career exits and job trajectories, and they pretty much stay in one line because they found something they really enjoy, and that's what they and that's what they go with. Uh, my mind works very fast. It's always been fascinated with different kinds of art, so as a result, it's I don't get pinned down very easily. You know, some things like the writing is just something I've done since I was a kid. You know, I always wanted to be a cartoonist. Uh, I forced myself to uh, learn to draw and be an artist because there weren't a lot of people I could count on for deadlines. I taught myself how to program computers and make computer games because I was getting tired of the games that were out there. So it's like, well, I'll make my own. And to me, that was, how would you describe yourself? Well, I guess if anyone can call themselves a renaissance man, it's me because I do all kinds of different things. I don't blame you. The wait times are really going, and sometimes you get these checks on the job. We all need to be picking up a skill. I know I do. I know how to type, but I need to be doing other things. Some of my friends, they know how to do hair, and I'd be like, damn, I can't do no hair. Oh, what else can I do? Because it's getting like that. It's getting to that point now where you really have to know other trades besides just what you went to school for and got a degree in. It's not getting that easy anymore because some of that stuff you get out of school, now you can't even barely get a job let alone trying to pay your bills. So you do. You have to have a applicable, a, a good skill out here. you got to know something else besides that. So well, it also where, helps from the standpoint. Right. I was going to say, right. it also helps from the standpoint of 
of a certain amount of independence because, like, for example, me, uh, one of the things when you try and get into the creative field, whether it's drawing, whether it's writing or whatever, you're invariably going to run into people that say, well, uh, you know, we're looking for people to do stuff for our adult sites or whatever like that. And I had gotten a couple of offers for that stuff. And one of the first things that I was taught when I was learning to write is you do not do porn ever, period, finito, the end. It will destroy your career completely. And as a result, because it's like, okay, if this is the only offer I'm getting, I need to do something else, so I would switch. So it gave me the flexibility to be able to avoid doing the things I did not want to do. So being diverse actually keeps you from being beholden or being forced down a path you don't want to go just because there's nothing else available to you. It gives you options. Right. And I'm glad that you did take on that option. I mean, I think it's pretty cool doing comic oh, books and stuff like that. I grew up reading comics, and then I took a class. My professor, that's all. He loved his comic books. That's why I sent him an invitation to this show because this is his type of stuff. He lives for this. <laughs> he goes to Dragon Con when it's, when it's in town, so... And he loves Batman, so my my professor is like a he's like a little boy. But I, we love that about him. That's that's what we loved about Randy Clark. And I hope he's listening because he's a great professor. He is. Um, so, how did you come up with this book and the title? Uh, you mean the Hannah Singer books? Yes, I love it. I think she's a pretty cool, awesome character. Even though it sounds controversial for probably most, because you got the religion in there. She's a little naughty, felt for, you know, so everybody who's into religion part probably see it differently. But you have an open mind to me. You can't always be close my this is wrong. This is evil. Barring the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I have, had, uh, I have had one person at a show who was, uh, who was a fundamentalist who he said he was very offended by the book. He did not like uh, the way I depicted, you know, Christianity and God having mercy. And it's like, okay, yeah, you made a mistake. Everyone does. You know, is it something that we can overlook? But I've also had a lot of people that are like, like I found out that one person buying the books, she runs a, uh, a teen youth ministry. And she's been reading the stories aloud to, uh, to the kids, and they've been discussing the ethics of uh, what's been going on in the story. So it kind of goes back and forth. As far as Why? how I came up with Hannah... Uh, the inspiration for Hannah happened a few years ago. Um, it's been a while since I thought about this, so I, I might get some of the details wrong. But uh, there was a, what had happened was, was there was a collection of five Catholic churches in one of the Carolinas. I think it was North Carolina. And okay. they wanted to ordain women priests. And, you know, yeah, well, you can't do that. You know, Catholicism says, you know, women, no women in positions of authority. So these five churches seceded from the Catholic Church proper so that they could ordain these women as priests. And after when that happened, the Catholic Church proper, the Vatican, responded by excommunicating the five women priests. Not the people who appointed them or anything like that, just the five women priests. And I thought, well, that's kind of harsh. You know, if only there was somebody on the other side that could stand up for these women when their souls are judged. And that's where Hannah came from. She came from a reaction of, that's that's way too much just for that. Hannah is a cool character, though. I mean, it, even the whole book is, because it's not based on just, okay, you're good, so you automatically go to heaven. No, I want to send you to heaven because of this reason. So it's kind of like a flip-flop. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, now why did you flip the concept of who gets into heaven? 
Well, for me, it's always been more, that's pretty much how my mind has more or less worked. Uh, I was raised traditional Catholic, and okay. there have always been little things about Catholicism that I didn't quite either understand or want to go with. And the standard explanation, oh, well, that's just the way it's always been. It's like, no, give me more here, will you? Uh, one of the biggest arguments I had with my mother, <laughs> oh, boy, uh, was I told her one day that because I believe in the Bible, I believe there is a hell. But because I believe in God's Why? mercy, I believe it's empty. You know, I can't for a minute believe that God would be so cruel as to condemn someone to an eternity of suffering just because they, say, stole some gum when they were kids. Now, keep in mind, that's just for general stuff. I can guarantee you right now that, like, Ariel Castro and Fred Phelps and, uh, and Joe Paterno, they're roasting on a spit. But I'm talking about, you know, your general everyday person that's just trying to do the best that they can. My mom did not like that stance. She thought that I was becoming a heretic, a pagan. She even called me a Muslim, and I still don't understand how she came up with that one. I, I'm, that still puzzles me to this day. And that was basically where everything started coming from was that it's like, well, wait a minute. If, as Michael, St. Michael says in one of the first stories, if God can't wait to condemn people to hell, why are there so many ways to earn forgiveness? And that became the fundamental wow. building blocks that the stories were based on that, yeah, you make mistakes, but it's not going to be the end. You're given a chance to make up for it. You're given a chance to explain yourself. It does not automatically exclude you. And that's where everything basically uh, blossoms out of. I love I love that. Because it's almost like saying, who are you to decide on who really gets up into heaven? So he tweaked it a little bit. I don't see nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people who are, they're so focused into religion. I think it's okay to be focused into religion. I don't have a problem with that. But shouldn't we be focused more on doing good around the world, doing better for other mankind instead of just worrying about this religion? Because we get so caught up in our own religion. Some people twist the Bible around, too. They will make everything. Right. And, Peter, you know, they'll twist the Bible around. You'd be like, really? Are we reading the same one? What scripture are you reading? Because I I didn't catch that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like... The, you know, uh, people who say that, like, you know, gays should be killed, it's like, you know, my Bible says thou shalt not kill. Which uh, revision do you have there? Right. Yeah, it's just, okay. there are so many people, that that was the basic, uh, that became the basic uh, point of the series, because you have so many people that, it's not just that they believe in God. They think that they have some exclusivity. You know, I'm sure you know uh, the old joke about the guy who dies in St. Peter's showing him heaven. They go up to a door, they open, and inside is a bunch of people, that, uh, and St. Peter whispers, this is the Catholics, this is what they think heaven's like. And each door, they look inside, they whisper, and they shut, and he says, well, wait a minute, why are we whispering every time they, we go inside? And St. Peter says, oh, each one thinks they're the only ones here. Right. And that's, and it's, you know, it's like, the whole point, if you, one of the things is that Christianity is based on Judaism, uh, at the risk of oversimplifying. I know there's bigger differences than that, but the, basically that's the foundation. And one of the central tenets of Judaism is that good souls go to heaven. doesn't matter if they're Jewish, Gentile, atheist, whatever, good souls go to heaven. 
which means it doesn't matter that you go around and wave the flag of Christianity. What matters is your humanity. How well do you treat other people? Do you help? Do you ignore? You know, what, uh, how do you live your life? And a lot of people lose sight of that. Right. And that's where the question always going to come in. Do you go to heaven or hell right when you die? And, and, and it doesn't matter. Like you said, good news, and that's good news for the atheists out here. You could go to heaven too, so it, it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. We, we focus so much on that, on the perspective of the Bible, and we take it, like I said, we take it out of context. We don't even have time to know what we're talking about. That's why I don't listen to people when they talk about, oh, the end of the world, really. Mm. So you, you are witness everything, so you just know it all. Right. right. So you just let me know when that comes about, and I'll, and I'll be on to the sideline since you mm-hmm. think you know it all. And, I, and that really killed me. I, I ain't going to lie, Pete. I to close up my door when they come to my door. I do. Don't come up to my door and tell me I know Jehovah Witness. Please don't, because you haven't witnessed. What have you witnessed? You, you, <laughs> you haven't witnessed anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, but I also so when you stop breathing, you can still get into heaven. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean to go out and kill somebody just for the heck of it, or go fornicate with somebody else besides your spouse. That's not what Peter and I are saying. But we are saying, regardless of your belief or your religion, that you can still get into heaven. Don't go right. out being stupid. That's <laughs> I don't want nobody to go after the show like, yeah, I go sleep with my sister's brother. Yeah, sure, I'm gonna get in heaven. No, that's, that wasn't the point. So, um, yeah. So I love it. I think this book is great to read for hours. It is. So what? Now we talked about some of the reactions that you have received. Some people don't like it, but have there been good reactions you received on Hannah being an atheist and trying to get people into heaven? Uh, well, other than that one fundamentalist, everybody grooves the character pretty well. Uh, Hannah was Hannah is one of my is probably my proudest creation, just because I mean I've done a lot of different characters, I've created a lot of different things, but right. Hannah was uh, uh, Ralph Bakshi is an animator, and he likes to say that a picture or a cartoon only has value if it's a reaction to something else, and Hannah was a reaction to a lot of things I didn't like about how women are depicted in general, how Christian stories usually go, things like that. You know, it's uh, for, uh, to start things off. For example, when you watch, I, other than like the Law & Order franchises, women who are attorneys, they usually win because they're cute or they charm the judge or everybody goes easy on because they figure a woman can't win. And from the beginning, I was creating Hannah to be the smartest person in the room. I wanted her to get the absolute toughest cases and right. for her to win based on her mind, not based on any, uh, not based on any mercy from anyone else. I didn't want her to be allowed to win. I want her to crush the opposition. And that also started forming all the other things that went into her. She was uh, when she died 700 years earlier. She was a peasant in medieval England. I didn't like the thought of you know this great character being being preordained. To be, the, you know, it's like, oh, she studied philosophy and stuff like that. It's like, no, the whole point of Hannah is that she's just a regular person who's very good at what she does, and she's willing to put it on the line to help other people. So I wanted to avoid uh, elitism with her, and especially from the standpoint of um, Star Trek Generations, the one where uh, Captain Kirk met the Next Generation cast. 
I'm watching the movie in the theater, and it's the climax of the movie, you know, the big bad guy fight. Picard is getting ready for the fight and everything like that, and everyone wonders what's going to happen. And then Kirk turns up, and the crowd went nuts. The crowd was like, yeah, you're going to get it now, because this was, you know, the hero. This was the guy who fights through all kinds of odds and wins. And that was what I wanted with Hannah. I wanted somebody that people would look at and just go, man, you know, she's just astonishing. She's amazing and all the rest of this stuff. So it was basically trying to create a a remarkable character, and it seems to have come together. Right. That makes sense. I love it. You, that's what we need. And this will also show little girls, too, that we don't have to always depend on a man for everything. If we have the intelligence, that's something we can rely on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a woman. I, I, I mean, I agree with that. I'm not a woman who wants to be rescued. Instead, I'm rescuing people. I'm a woman who's active. I'm a passionate about my job. I want to be inspiring, and I love it. You took that. That's basically the whole plot of it. And if you read the manuscript, it just comes right to you. I, I love that. And you get a sample of this. People, I hope you do go get Hannah. Don't don't just throw it to the side. It's not bad like people have taken it into be. It's just the way people's minds are so closed. People don't like to do things. Some don't want to give it a chance. They'd rather throw it to the side. That don't sound right. That's bad. Oh, it's sinful. Oh, I don't like that. No. No, it's not sinful. It's very good. You just have to open. you got to be open-minded, like I said. So... What message well, also, do you well, want to read? Oh, go I'm ahead, sorry. Peter. Go ahead. Okay. Mm-mm, I was going to say, well, there's a lot of that that goes on with a lot of uh, things, unfortunately. I mean, to this day in comic books, there's still debates whenever uh, whenever a comic book character is, uh, is a female and she's depicted as empowered. Oh, it's just political correctness. Or, you know, somebody does something It's like, oh, well, I hope you're, uh, you know, enjoying your brownie points from the feminists and stuff like that. Characters are not allowed to be what they are. And because how many, if you look at comic books, male heroes inspire, female heroes seduce. Male heroes are powerful and they go on great adventures. Female characters are eye candy. You know, the Tomb Raider comic book, because I'm a video game nut and I checked out the Tomb Raider comic book. And Lara Croft in one scene goes undercover as a belly dancer. That stuff doesn't happen to Batman. Batman doesn't go undercover as a stripper. Batman just raids the place and beats everybody up until he gets what he wants. And that's part, And I honestly believe that the way you depict uh, women or blacks or anybody outside of what you are, because, you know, I'm a white Christian guy living in the Midwest, hinges largely on who is in your life. Um, I do a lot of positive female portrayals because I have a lot of female friends. And as I'm creating the characters and writing, it's like, you know, I want to do it right because the last thing I want, especially in the case of Hannah, is for the people who really like to just look and go, you're disappointing me here. That's not how it works at all. So it depends on how much of a vested interest you have in making the characters right and how many people you know that enjoy the character because then that becomes sort of a, wait a minute, am I doing this right or am I actually being, you know, part of the problem here? Mhm. And you and you know that for certain Peter G speaking on women in the comic strips, we they were always classified to be sexy. They had to be the dumb ones or get the job as a secretary or teacher. But there was one. I think my professor had mentioned this. Uh, the first non-female superhero was a minor character. I think it was called Phan- Phantom 
Fantoma, and that was written by um, what's his name? Um, I think Fletcher Hanks, and she was she was an immortal woman, Egyptian woman. She could turn into a skull-faced creature with superpowers who would fight evil, and I love that because she still had the sex appeal of the woman, but she had the superpowers of that man. And Wonder Woman, she became popular. Mm-hmm. So they started trying to make women more. I mean, even though they still kind of had the clothes where they had to be six and the boobs out, regardless of that point. You you just couldn't make her look like a, just an average woman. You had to make her super sexy. But, you know, I was glad that they tried to boost it along. Oh, but if I, you wanna, I don't know. If you want a good one to try and check out, uh, you need to find – the old 1960s TV version of Sheena. Uh, there, uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Uh, it was mm-hmm. remarkable. Two things. First of all, was that they avoided the uh, the whole uh, you know uh, Christ figure, Great White Father coming to save the savages thing. They avoided that with her. But the other thing was that in the 60s, she was a fighter. In the show, they showed her fighting tigers. They showed her fighting men. This woman did not take guff from anyone. Compare that to the movie with Tanya Roberts, where mostly all she did was look pretty for the camera. So right. it's like, yeah, it's it's like you want to give uh, you know girls something to watch that'll that'll make them go, I could do that. She was like the, I want to say she was like the Xena warrior princess of her time, but she was a lot more aggressive than that. You know, this is the one you say, no, 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 this is how you deal with things. Right. And I'm glad they brought about change, especially when it came to um, Batwoman. I did. I did. I like. I like the Batwoman. I mean, they were just trying to bring it out more for women, and these were some of the certain changes. Um, another character that I like, my professor always mentioned too. It was um, Carol. I think he mentioned, or maybe I did my own research. It was Carol Ferris, and she played it as Hell Jordan's, and I think that was on the Green Lantern. And it was quite yep. different because now you're looking at a woman who's in charge of a man. It's not, I'm sitting bad looking pretty for the camera, and I'm waiting by you. No, I'm in charge. I got this. I don't need you. So, yeah, I love the way, like I said, with Hannah, Hannah is like the, she's the new modern day of all these characters that we have grown up reading. And if you have, you don't know what you're missing, ladies. Comic strips are the Yes, I mean, I know I sound a little geeky, but they are. They're pretty cool when you look at it. I love the drawing. Somebody actually took out their time to make these characters come to life, so I do. I love every bit of it. Oh, and if, you, if you're looking for comics and stuff like that, you know, among other things, uh, uh, Marvel has started a new Ms. Uh, Ms. Marvel comic book, and the, the centerpiece of, that, of Ms. Marvel is she's a teenage Muslim girl. And she's coming to grips with these powers and what she can do to help the world while still remaining true to her core ethics. And I have not heard a single bad thing about this comic. I haven't been able to pick it up yet and try it myself, but everybody who's read it has said it is fantastic. So there's another good one uh, to track down and see what you think. Okay. We'll probably send out the after a while. Years later on, they'll be making a move out on it because they made a move on Fantastic Four. I think, did the, wait a minute, Peter, is the Avengers part of the Marvel comics too? Yes, it is. Okay, see, all his movies, all the movies are coming out now. They, all the comic strips that we used to send, all of it's coming out on movies. So that's why I said we're going to be looking around. It's going to be on the movies after a while. Um, now, I think yours would be good. It's like, if you want to really change into a movie, it could be like a, 
it could be like a devil's advocate too. Mm-hmm, like the first one when we had with Keanu Reeves. That's what I was thinking of when I thought about her being an atheist, getting people into heaven. I said, oh, that sounds like a devil's advocate too. It would go really good. Celestial African or devil's African, you know. Tying. You never know, though. You never know. It's just a vision. Mm-hmm. All, a vision always turns. It can turn to reality, though. Well, there are, t- there are a couple of problems with it, unfortunately. The first problem is that big studios like to downplay religion a lot. I mean, for right. we had uh, back in the 90s, uh, the movie Flipper was being billed as perfect Christian entertainment. It had nothing to do with Christianity. It was just inoffensive. It was about, you know, you know a guy and, a, and his friendly dolphin. And you'll see uh, there, was, uh, there was a Japanese anime, uh, one of my favorites, called Saint Tail. Uh, Saint Tail was about basically this kind of a Robin Hood type girl. She, uh, she and her friends went to a Catholic school. And uh, her friend, who was trained to be a nun, would hear uh, you know, people because they go to church because things are wrong with their life. And if it turns out that somebody had swindled them out of something, she would tell this girl who would become the elegant thief Saint Tail, and she would recover the object and bring it back. When they tried to get it ready for a U.S. release, the U.S. dub did everything it could to avoid mentioning it was a Catholic school. They would try and focus on uh, her friend who heard the confessions and stuff when she wasn't in her nun uniform and everything. Whatever they could to try not to get people to go, oh, it's Christian, and run them off. But then you also have uh, the flip side where you know you say, well, this is something Christian, and automatically you got people saying, well, it's not my kind of Christianity, and all you got to do is look at like, uh, trying to think. Uh, it was a, it's a Christian band, and the guy went on Twitter recently to talk about how he believes that uh, that marriage equality should happen, and people start hammering him for not upholding the Bible. It's like that's his belief. So it gets dicey, and I'm not sure how the movie would turn out. I'm too afraid of everything being removed and basically turning into like touched by an angel or something like that. It's like no, this needs more conflict than that. And the other problem is just finding an actress to play Hannah, because Hannah needs to be smart. She needs to be played by somebody that you look at them, you can see the wheels turning in their head. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the old Ellery Queen TV series uh, with Jim Hutton, but, you know, every time you looked at him, you could just see his mind was working. He was figuring stuff out as he went. And so many actresses, they get where they are by looking good, not by actually playing characters. They're there as eye candy. I can't really think of anybody that would fit the role, unfortunately. Mm-mm. No, she got to have the the right person to have to play this part. I don't know. That lady who, uh, dang, the one who played on Law & Order as a lawyer, she was the blonde-haired one that played with okay. Olivia and Stacey. Now, I think she would be good like a Hannah. Yeah, I was just thinking of her like she would be good as a Hannah. But you are right, though. A lot of these, a lot of the films, they don't generally do God. That's why I was surprised when they did touch, what was that, touch, um, touch by an angel. Um, I forgot already. You just had mentioned it. Um, even in Hollywood films. Right. Even in Hollywood films, casual religious references, actions, which you would think were the everyday story of common Americans are noticeably by their absence, too. So, no and it's wishy-washy. If they do do it, it'd be wishy-washy. Using the bad oh, person yeah. plan as the good God. So, yeah, religion just gets screwed. It gets it get really screwed in movies. So, uh, yeah, oh, I, I agree yeah, with that part. Yeah. 
Yeah, in uh, comic books, in DC Comics, there was a character called Huntress. She was basically like another version of Batgirl, but um, this, the Huntress, uh, she, she got her start because she was part of a mob family and saw her family killed and basically decided to become one of the good guys. And uh, the thing about her character is that she was a devout Catholic, and more than once in the comic, uh, they showed her actually praying. And I can't think of any other character who's actually been depicted praying in comics other than the Huntress. Even ones that ostensibly claim that they are, you know, whatever religion, you don't really see them expressing their religious beliefs or anything like that. The Huntress was the only one I could think of. You know, it was part of what made me so surprised in the Avengers movie when Captain America, you know, Thor shows up and he's a god. It's like, there's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. I'm like, oh, that's going to honk some people off. Funny line, but you know some people are going to get mad. Right. Right. And then with, and come think of it, when they do movies like Captain America, Batman, or Superman, then it's kind of, I, I don't know if anybody ever felt like this, but it's kind of in relation, I guess they're supposed to be like a god. That's their way of trying to add a little religion to it. But, okay, a man in a cape with tights on? I, I don't <laughs> think so, but. Well, uh, Gail Simone, she writes uh, she writes a lot of comic books and stuff like that. Because one of the big debates okay. is that in a lot of comic books you have characters who are atheists, and Simone has flat out stated that having a comic book character who's an atheist is just stupid. Because you see cosmic beings, you see alternate gods, you see the afterlife, you see super. It's like, and this is one thing out of all that you can't believe in. Right? Seriously. <laughs> So it's, it is an odd thing, especially in the case of, like, the Fantastic Four. Uh, Reed Richards is depicted as an atheist. He's constantly an atheist. Even his final messages are about how there is no God and stuff like that. And yet, if you go back and read the early issues of the Fantastic Four, twice Reed Richards went to hell to rescue the other Fantastic Four, and in one issue he went to heaven and visited God. It's like, there is a God. You've met him. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, so it's it's an odd thing, and and yeah, in a world where you have you know fake deaths and all kinds of crazy things happening, the idea that there's this one little piece that can't possibly be true just sticks out. It's like no, give give me a little more to go on before I accept that this is okay. You know, it's uh, I'm not sure if you read the Dresden Files book series. Uh, one of the characters who's uh, who's uh, who's a knight of God is an atheist. Mm-hmm. And Harry Dresden thinks that's just the funniest thing in the world because it's like you're a knight of God, you have holy power, you do all this stuff, and you still don't believe in God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it, it, it's no doubt it happens like that. And I mean, mm-hmm. and just because you get a religion doesn't mean you have to go from atheism to pope. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you just got to be understandable. And a lot of stuff I don't agree on. Like I had one young lady, she posted something on my page, and I don't agree on it. I prefer you keep it to yourself, but it's not like I'm not going, I'm not going to try to learn about it or get into it. I don't judge anybody. If you're an atheist, you're just an atheist. That's you. You you practice what you want to practice, and I practice what I want to practice. Everybody has their rights to do whatever they feel like they want to do down here, and all of it will come to an end. Only one person can judge us, and that's God. We don't have no rights to do that. That's why I love that you did bring this book. Regardless if it brings a controversy about, it's still entitled to free, um, free speech. And you mm-hmm. don't have to read it. You don't have to like it. 
That's your business. If you choose to sit up there and read it and then you still want to judge on, then that's your business. But other than that, I think Peter G. did a great job. He wrote a, he wrote a book. It was, it was your choice whether to pick it up or not. And then people want to give their negative aspect about, okay, we can respect that, but at the same time respect him. It, he got free speech and so do you. So that's how I see it. We're, <laughs> I'm sorry, people, you got to take a positive spin on stuff. You do, regardless of the situation. But what we're going to do, because Peter G. and I are getting into a hunt today, his birthday, we part like a rock song, blog talk radio. Uh, <laughs> But what we're going to do, we're going to end up taking a short commercial break. We're going to be back with Peter G. And if you feel like calling in, you can do so at 347-426-3751. Please, don't touch that dial at all. We'll be right back. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Today might be the day I drop out of school. But you might be able to stop me. With United Way, you could tutor me, be my mentor, or volunteer to just read with me. There are tons of ways people like you can help kids like me stay in school. Make me a success, not a statistic. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Thanks for asking, but I'd rather not send you nude pictures. I'm camera shy. I already said no. It's against my religion. I'm giving my dog a bath. You can have pictures of that. Pressure gives me hives. Under my clothes, I'm a robot. Hold on, let me ask my mom. Sorry, my webcam is broken. I'm worried they'll get passed around school. Unfortunately, I just had my clothes surgically attached to my body. If they got out, I might never be president. I'm already naked, under my clothes. Not even if you were all three Jonas Brothers. I have a rash. I have nudophobia. I have lizard skin. The more you ask, the less I want to. You're not the boss of me. Nudity makes me vomit. I'm a vampire, so I don't show up in pictures anyways. Your badgering has really killed the mood. When someone is pressuring you to do something you don't want to, how many ways can you say no before they get the message? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. All right, we're back on the bright side with Technicia, and we're kicking it smoothly with Peter G., who is a comic book writer. He also wrote a book. Well, it's a series, Hannah Singer, Celestial Advocate, and it's a very interesting book if you take it that way. But before we actually went on break, I had a thought about what Pope Francis said, too, on Atheist Peter. He was mentioning, he said, you ask me if the God of the Christians forgives those who don't believe and who don't seek the faith, I start by saying, and this is the fundamental thing, that God's mercy has no limits if you go to him with a sincere and contrite heart. The issue for those who do not believe in God is to obey their conscience. Sin, even for those who have no faith, exists when people disobey their conscience. Hmm. And it does, and I guess in other words, if you don't believe in God, he still believes in you, or to put it in a more earthly way, no harm, no foul. I like that. If you don't believe in God, he still believes in you, which is true. He still, You're still his child. You might be foolish and don't see your ways of what you're doing is wrong, but he still loves you. Yeah, so 
don't think because you're an atheist. Yeah, that makes sense. Just because you're an atheist or whatever religion you believe in doesn't mean God don't love you no more, no less. He loves all his children. All of us are his children. Some of us just stray away. We forget to be obedient. So that does, yeah, it, it made sense when I'm looking at it. It may, it does. It made sense. If you if you fail to disobey God, then, yeah, that that is a different scenario, yeah. I, that's why I love having shows like this because it may it opens up your mind, it makes you think deeper. And you know, I have one of them type of friends too. I wish he was listening. Um, I don't know if he is, but he gets into he goes deeper than the Bible, you know. And people look at him crazy, like where are your thoughts coming from? Because he mentioned, you know, people always run the church. We go with this different religion, and oh, he went he went so deep it made you think, like wow, yeah. Mm. But my mother, but, but as I grew up, my mother always taught me, you know, church was for fellowship. You supposed to praise God every day. Churches there are just that's a home. That's where you go. It's kind of like a backup to me. But you don't. But that doesn't mean when you come out of it that you get stupid again. You supposed to always praise Him. So I don't know if anybody really agree with me on that or not. Maybe not. I, doesn't matter. It was just something that I just wanted to bring about. But. Um, Peter, do you think Hannah will become a comic book? Do you want to turn her into a comic book or just keep her as she is? Well, um, a movie or a comic book, it's a little difficult mainly because the way the books are structured, it gives inside her mind. Uh, The problem is, is that with Hannah Singer, I have this mythology that basically I'm the only one that knows. I'm the only one who knows how the courts are set up. I'm the only one that knows how the arguments go and so on. By telling the stories as a book, and especially from her point of view, I enable her to jump out of the story and explain to the readers beyond then jump back in. It helps keep them in the loop. Um, with a movie, I'm too worried that something like that might, uh, might detract from the flow of the movie, and people start thinking that they're watching a documentary rather than a court drama. And a comic book, you oh, just have 22 pages. That's not a lot of space to uh, to get stuff like that done. So I think the book is the best way to go with her. Okay. Now, what is it that you fancy so much about comics? Why do you love them? Well, comics uh, are they're a very immediate form of storytelling. Because you have the pictures, which can help, uh, which can help uh, down on the narrative. You can focus more on what's going on, and that's part of what, that's part of what it is. It's that it's not do things to anything else. You absolutely can, but it's just that it throws you right in. Like I drew for I drew for about three years. I drew an online comic strip called Stress Puppy, and comic strips. If you're looking to practice writing. Comic strips are the best training you can get because you just have this narrow little strip. You have to have some way of getting across the characters, the situation. You have to do the joke. Anything that detracts from the joke has to go. And you have to be able to do that assuming somebody who opens the paper, this is the first time they see the strip. Can they still follow what's going on? So you learn a lot about getting your point across and not being verbose with it. And that is the essence of comics is that a person who's never read it can look at a comic strip and immediately deduce these characters do this, this is funny because of this, and so on. So it's, it's a very unique medium from a storytelling standpoint because it, it's, it's like jazz. It forces you to focus on what's really important 
and get that across without a lot of fluff. Right. I, I do love it. I love every bit of it that you're saying. Now, you also been to, what is it, Peter? I hope I'm saying it right. Cocomoncon in Indiana. Did I say it correctly? Because I was trying to make sure I didn't mess it up. Uh, Kokomo, you know, like the Beach Boys song. Yeah, I went okay, to uh, Kokomocon, which is a, which is an all ages comic book convention, and uh, you know, got to show off uh, my uh, Soundwaves comics there. And uh, I do like convention reports for like C two E two and stuff like that. And I have a comic series that should be coming out by the end of the year. It's another all ages series called Tenamushi. It's a fantasy about a girl who becomes friends with Force Spirit. The Force Spirit gets captured, and she has to, you know, be brave in order to rescue her friend. Mm. Okay. That sounds powerful enough. All right. I, I love the angle that you go for. These women are powerful. They're not the weaklings. Oh, I'm going to let you beat up on me. No, ma'am. I'm going to be beating up on you. I love these type of women. So when is this one coming out, Peter? Uh, don't know. We're still uh, we're still working on the details. Okay. I have three issues done. I want to get uh, the fourth issue finished so this way the whole story is ready to go. But we are working on that, and it will be coming out. Okay. Well, I definitely have you on LinkedIn, so I was and I went and liked your page as well on Facebook. So I just be following along and keeping updated because yeah, I like stuff like this, making women strong and powerful. That's what it's all about. Now, mm-hmm. what is the greatest joy of writing for you? It's hard because there's so many great things about it. I mean, that's when I like create the characters, and I'm like, you know, you stand back and it's like, I did good with this. You know, you're actually happy for what you've what you've created. There's the fan reactions; those are good also. Uh, it really kind of depends. There's just so many different things that because writing is such a difficult process. A lot of people, they assume that there's nothing to writing. You know, you hear people who say, man, I'd love to write a book, but I just don't have the time. They think the only factor is how much available time you have. They don't realize the skill involved and the work that goes into it. And when you put all that together, when you've spent all your time struggling to make the story work, to make the characters come alive, that people actually think of the characters rather than just they read the book and then they just put it aside until it's time to, you know, donate stuff to Goodwill or whatever. And you just get this feeling of accomplishment because you've done something not a lot of people can do. A lot of artists just don't get the job done. If you want to be an artist, you have to finish what you start. I mean, I know people that, oh, you know, they want to be screenwriters. They come up with great ideas. They'll get, like, the first few done, and then they just stop. Right. So there's a very real feeling of accomplishment. Right. And it is. I I don't write, but when I do, it's a, it's a joy. And when I'm not, it feels like it's evaporated. I think almost any freelance writer can know how that feels once you experience it. But you're right. If You can have great ideas. Anybody can have great ideas. But if you don't go through with it, what's the point? Or somebody else going to pick up your great ideas. That's what someone else told me, too. He told me whatever you think, have on your mind, go through with it. Because if not, somebody else going to use your, they're going to use your skills, your talent. You be talking to them, they be like, oh, okay, well you ain't got to worry about it. I'm gonna go ahead and use whatever you put out on the table. So yeah, I, if you're gonna do it, go all the way with it. Don't play with it. Put it to the side. 
Do what you need to do. That's why I guess I haven't really started writing because I don't want to just stop and just put it to just throw it to the side. I want to make sure that I can continue on with this mission once I start. So yeah. Now, um, Peter, before we get off the air, is there anything else that you would like the readers know about you? Maybe probably when you're when you're actually not writing, what else do you do in your spare time? Uh, well, uh, um, there's not a lot else on it at the moment. Uh, I'm in season for the I won't be doing any appearances. Usually do one con. There's a con called Dan. It's held in Orland Park, oh. Illinois, and uh, they're going to oh. be doing that next yeah. year. And I'm there every year. Okay. And you'll oh, see me running around oh. Uh, the. Oh, Peter, do you mind repeating that? Because you broke up in the beginning just now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this this phone connection is kind of weird right now. Okay, um, can you hear me better now? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, Well, uh, um, I'm pretty much done with uh, convention appearances for the year, but every year there's a convention in Orland Park called DanCon. It's a small press comic show, and I'm there every year. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Bleeding Cool. I do uh, I do reports for conventions there, the occasional interview. And also, uh, because there's a lot of comic fans that enjoy My Little Pony and the site is very big on Doctor Who, I combine the two into a comic called Doctor Who's, and every Christmas I do a Doctor Who story. So if you're looking for something uh, to read to get a look at what my writing style is like, there's that. And... Uh, the book available on Amazon and through Barnes and Noble. If you want to check out Hannah Singer, I highly recommend it. They make great gifts, and uh, they are very thought-provoking reads. They're funny. They're they're dramatic. They're everything a story should be. Well, I thank you so much for being on this show, Peter G. Sharing us with all this great insight. I hope people do go on Amazon. Probably I wouldn't probably consider Barnes and Noble. I went on there, but I think Amazon is. The best, yeah, it is. But make sure you put in Hannah Singer, Celestia Advocate, because if you don't, you will get Hannah Montana, and it will take you too long to search for. But Peter G, I hope you enjoy your day. Do something fun for yourself, and you just—it's really awesome that you was born on this wonderful day of this month and sharing all your love with us on your day. So thank you so much for coming out. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Oh, you are so welcome. You have a blessing, one, Peter. You too. All right. That was our boy, Peter G., on the on the mic with us. So, like I said, go out and get his book on Amazon. It's a great book. If you got an open mind, it's right for you. If you don't, then don't do it. But anyhow, we still got a few love minutes on the clock. Maybe not as much time, but I think it's enough to squeeze in a good old song. So what do you want to listen to? I don't know. Maybe we can listen to a little, let's see, a little Quad City. We got enough time to listen to that one.
Well, this train is getting ready to pull on out of this station. I will see you tomorrow on Blog Talk Radio. You have a blessed day. Hey, don't let anyone ruin your day. It's not worth it. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.